You're listening to Lighthearted, the official podcast of the United States Lighthouse Society. My name is Jeremy Dontremont. Welcome. My co-host is Cindy Johnson, Operations Manager of Friends of Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouses and legendary hospitality worker in the New Hampshire hotel industry. Hi, Cindy. <laughs> well, thanks, Jeremy. Hi. Pop quiz. What state in the United States has the most lighthouses? Well, I know it's not New Hampshire. No, I know you know that. With our short 18-mile seacoast here in New Hampshire, we have only two lighthouses on our coast, plus three small wooden lighthouses owned by the state on Lake Sunapee, inland. I know you know the answer to this. Would it be Michigan? Well, yes, it would be. You'll see different numbers depending on where you look because there's some debate over what constitutes an official lighthouse. But there are more than 120 lighthouses in Michigan, which is way more than any other state. Michigan has lighthouses on four of the Great Lakes and Lake St. Clair and connecting waterways, and there are more than 3,000 miles of coastline in the state. The Great Lakes are still part of a very important navigation system. Right, Cindy? That's right. The five Great Lakes, their connecting channels, and the St. Lawrence River form one of the longest deep draft navigation systems in the world. Before railroads and highways, it served as the primary transportation system in the region. Many of North America's largest cities were established along the waterway as commerce flourished. Today, more than 160 million tons of cargo is transported within the region or to overseas destinations each year through the Great Lakes Waterway. You can read a lot more about the Great Lakes Seaway Navigation System at www.greatlakesports.org. Our main topic in this episode of Lighthearted is Michigan's Tawas Point Lighthouse, located in Tawas Point State Park in Baldwin Township in northern Michigan. Tawas Point, that's T-A-W-A-S Point, was also known as Ottawa Point after Cheap Ottawas, the leader of a tribe of the Saginaw Band of Chippewas. The name was later shortened to Tawas. Tawas Point Lighthouse is an attraction for maritime buffs and also a destination for bird watchers with spectacular views over Lake Huron and Tawas Bay. Tawas Point Light Station was established in 1853. Because shifting sands caused Tawas Point to be extended by more than a mile, leaving the light far inland and difficult to see, the station had to be rebuilt. Congress appropriated $30,000 in 1875, and a new lighthouse was completed in 1877. The brick tower is 70 feet tall. A two-story brick keeper's dwelling was connected to the tower by a covered passageway. A fourth-order Fresnel lens was installed in 1891, replacing a smaller fifth-order lens. A fog signal was added to the station in 1899 with the addition of a steam whistle, which created the need for an assistant keeper. The fog signal was converted to compressed air operation in 1928. The state of Michigan acquired Tawas Point Light Station from the Coast Guard in 2002. Some restoration was completed that year, and a garage was converted into an interpretive center. The assistant keeper's house, which had been relocated from another station in 1922, was demolished. In 2008, the upper floor of the keeper's house was converted into an apartment 
where modern-day keepers can pay to live for a week or two. Each of the rooms on the first floor of the house has been restored to reflect a different period in the station's history. In 2016, the Coast Guard deactivated Taos Point Lighthouse and placed a modern light on the fog signal structure a half mile from the lighthouse. Taos Point Lighthouse is one of 12 sites that comprise the Michigan History Center. Lori Perkins is the Southern Lower Peninsula Historian for the Michigan History Center, which means she is the historian for the Man House, Taos Point Lighthouse, and Walker Tavern, and she coordinates the Keeper Program at Taos Point Lighthouse. In late January, I had the opportunity to speak with Laurie Perkins about the Keeper Program and other aspects of the Taos Point Light Station. Let's listen to that conversation now. I am on the phone with Laurie Perkins of the Michigan History Center. Thanks so much for joining me today, Laurie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Laurie, before we uh, talk about the Tawas Point Lighthouse, uh, can you uh, start by explaining just a little bit about exactly what the Michigan History Center is? Sure. The Michigan History Center is our state museum system. It's housed within the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. We have four of those museums out of the 12 in the UP or the Upper Peninsula, and then we have the rest in the Lower Peninsula. And I'm part of uh, managing the uh, three uh, museums located in the Lower Peninsula. My official title is Lower Pen- Southern Peninsula Field Site uh, Historian. So that's what I do. And we, I, in addition to Tawas Point Lighthouse, um, I also manage a site known for Michigan settlement history from the 1840s and then also a Victorian uh, house museum in a little town of Concord, not Concord, but Concord, uh, Michigan. Um, so that's, uh, there's, we, we have sites related to lumbering, mining, uh, military history, um, Native American sites, um, and lighthouses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And thank you for differentiating uh, Concord, Michigan from... Uh, yes. We have uh, yes. Concord, New Hampshire, and Concord, Massachusetts here, and people often yes. come here and say Concord, and we have to correct them and say Concord. But uh, yes, I, I had that problem. I visited your area many times, and when I first came to Concord here, I was calling it Concord, and they went, "No, no, we're not Concord. We're we're Concord." Yeah, just to confuse people. <laughs> so yeah, but I will say that in this part of Michigan, where we meet the Ohio and Indiana borders, the first uh, three tiers of Michigan's lower counties are all uh, settlement folks coming down the Erie Canal from from New Hampshire and uh, Massachusetts and upstate New York and Vermont and all that. So we're all we're all Yankees over here, and that's why a lot of our Michigan towns are named after towns in New England. So right. Concord and Concord have a lot in common. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk a bit about the, uh, the Taos Point Lighthouse. Uh, first of all, sure. it is open seasonally for tours. So, uh, and let me yeah. uh, say for our listeners, we're we're you and I are actually talking at the end of January right now, uh, but people will be hearing this uh, quite a bit later uh, in the spring. Mm-hmm. 
The so right now, as we speak, the lighthouse is not open, but uh, it'll mm-hmm. be getting close to the uh, the open season by the time people hear this. So it is open seasonally mm-hmm. for tours. Can you explain how that works, basically? Yes, uh, we're going to be open every afternoon from Memorial Day to Labor Day, uh, seven days a week, uh, from noon to five. During the week, uh, with the assistance of the Keeper Program and some of our state uh, workers, we uh, give timed and ticketed tours of the lighthouse, which is actually inside Tawas Point State Park. Um, And so you get a a ticket to go up inside the tower, and you you do that uh, six days a week with that staff. And then if you come on Tuesdays, the uh, Friends of Tallis Point Lighthouse and State Park volunteer to give uh, t- tours for donations. So if you uh, want to come on a Tuesday, they're happy to just take a donation for a tour. And that gives our uh, keepers and our seasonal staff uh, time off. Mm-hmm. So it's very generous of them to do that. So the tower is open for climbing. And How many stairs yes. in the tower? 85. 85. 85 up and 85 down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what else is there to, to see besides the climbing the tower? Well, we have a little keeper's dwelling that's attached to the tower. And uh, there's each period room, is, each room is set up as a period room. And we have one, and the kitchen area is from the 1890s. The parlor living room is from the 1930s. Um, and so you just go around and we've designated different keepers um, from their logbooks and journals, um, attach them to those different time periods of the lighthouse's history. So it's reproduction furniture. People can come in and sit down on the couches and, and be comfortable. And when our keepers are living there in the evenings, they can come down and kind of populate that lower level as well. So um, mm-hmm. you you do that, and then we have a little... Uh, museum store. Uh, the Friends just completed the restoration of the oil house that was on site with the lighthouse. And then we're very close to the uh, Tawas Bay on one side and Lake Huron on the other. And uh, we, um, you have walking trails throughout the state park. And we're noted for, known, especially in May and in the fall, for bird migration. Right. Um, the second second week in May, you can come out and see a lot of different birds, and we get a lot, a lot of people out for that, um, just counting birds, watching birds, photographing birds with some huge, amazingly large cameras. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Other interesting wildlife besides birds? Uh, well, we were purported to have a couple of bear cubs here this fall, so I don't know. I've not seen them, but there and there are lots of fox and other wildlife in the area. It looks really beautiful from what I've what I've seen it, in photographs. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, I was reading there are two shipwrecks near the shoreline at Tawas Point. Is there right? are, depending on the lake levels, you can see them. Right now, our lake levels are very high. Uh, we've had a lot of erosion to the different beaches surrounding the sandbar there, where the lighthouse is, and. Um, so, yeah, the water is extremely high. But there are points in the year where when you're up in the tower, you can actually see the shipwrecks from uh, that are in, in the bay. Oh, that's neat. I've not seen them myself, but, yeah, they're, they're there. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the Tawas Point Lighthouse Keeper 
program. First of all, what's the season for the program? And maybe you could uh, tell us some of the other basics of how that how that program okay, works. Sure. Uh, this program got started about 10 years ago, and it's been going really strong since. We have uh, keepers who come for two weeks. Uh, we have 12 weeks of two-week sessions starting May 6th and ending uh, October 20th. Uh, the keepers come and they live on the second story of the keeper dwelling, the original keeper dwelling. We have a two-bedroom apartment there that's got a full kitchen and a full bath. And folks pay $75 to come and be tour guides during that 12 to 5 period where the public is taking uh, their ticketed tours through the tower. So they come and they act as the, the hosts. And it's been working out really well for us. We've got to meet a lot of people. Uh, this year we've had uh, over a 1,000 applications as of the end of January. And we still had one more week to go to finish. Wow. And we have 48 slots. Basically, we can sleep uh, four people in the in the apartment, so we can't have more than four adults. But we uh, have just received a huge amount of applications uh, from not only every, almost every state in the United States, including Hawaii. I had a uh, woman call the other day. She, we were in a different time zone, but she was calling from Hawaii to see if she could be a part of this. We've had people call from Australia, from Nigeria, from <laughs> Canada, and even one from Russia. So it's it's going out there on the Internet. We've done a lot of uh, uh, press releases, and I've talked to a lot of different media about this program, and it has just taken fire this year. We went from 200 applications last year to over 1,000 this year. So. We're, we're really excited about this. I've gotten to talk to lots of folks all over the United States. Uh, I had some folks in Arizona call and say, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't understand the Great Lakes. Tell me about all this water you have. <laughs> <laughs> They're calling from a desert. So, uh, right. but we have, of course, regionally around Michigan, we have the you know, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Minnesota, but then it's uh, branched down into Tennessee and Kentucky and Mississippi, and we've I've had talked to people in New York City, and Florida and Utah and Nebraska, and it's just it's been fun just getting to know our fellow Americans out there and their interest in this lighthouse. Um, we've had we had a gentleman, uh, his wife called in and said. Um, my husband's a sea captain on the Great Lakes. He's seen all the lighthouses from the ship, and so now I want to have him see them from land and to look back out onto the ships as a vacation. So different, lots of different reasons people are coming, a lot of women coming, men too, as, as friends, you know, high school, college roommates, you know, that want to get together, uh, sisters, brothers that haven't seen each other in a while, all rendezvousing here in Michigan, people who have moved away from Michigan and want to come back. Uh, so, and, and they want to come and they want to write, they want to paint, they want to do all kinds of things. And it's a beautiful setting to do that. And you have every morning of the week to do that while you're there as a keeper. And then the evenings we have people, of course, taking pictures of the lighthouse at night with the stars. And uh, it's just, people are just having what I call great renewal experiences there. 
and uh, it's it's fun to be a part of that. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. So you said you've had over a thousand, uh, a thousand applications this year, yes. and only forty-eight mm-hmm. are chosen. Is that is that the, yes, what you 40, said? Forty-eight slots. Yeah. Yeah. How do you possibly mm-hmm. narrow it down out of all those applicants? Uh, and what what are the requirements for people to be accepted? Well, you have to be eighteen years of age. Uh, you have to have some speaking ability and not be shy. You have to be a congenial host. Uh, you have to have some knowledge of of history or how history functions in in a cultural setting. Uh, we do provide information and details about the lighthouse, the years it was formed, the keepers, that kind of thing. So you don't have to know a lot, but you just have to have a sense of place and a sense of pride that you're working and showing off this very special Michigan treasure. So um, I'm looking for those kinds of things in the application. And um, so we, we've had people from out of state come. So it's not just Michigan folks, uh, although we're getting uh, probably 50% right now are Michigan folks uh, coming from all over the state. It's, uh, it's a very unique program, and we're very pleased to offer this to the public. Besides the, uh, the, the, the so-called uh, keepers, uh, besides that program, do you have other volunteers who do work at the Lighthouse as well? We do. We have a very, very um, highly motivated friends group there, uh, the Friends of Talos Point Lighthouse. They've been in existence since around 2008. They generate money for us. They put in time. They give tours, as I mentioned, on Tuesdays at the Light. Uh, their big project recently was the restoration of the oil house there. They have a brick path uh, program where folks that have uh, want to create a memorial uh, for someone in their family can buy a brick and put that in the path. Uh, they sponsor National Lighthouse Day uh, with uh, games and activities for kids. And uh, they did uh, root beer floats last year and... Uh, they're just there, and they're a great bunch of folks to have around, and they're they're highly motivated and interested in the program there at the lighthouse. And and if you've if you've been to Talas City and East Talas, you know that this lighthouse uh, is kind of the mascot of the town. It's on, you know, every T-shirt, every picture. There are people that have watercolor paintings of it in their offices. The Chamber of Commerce has their their Talas Point Lighthouse picture, and so. It's very ingrained into the whole community there of Talos. And Talos uh, is a great uh, summer resort area, lots of places to stay from tourist cabins up to nice hotels and bed and breakfast. So um, it's, it's, if folks want to see the sunrise on the east side of Michigan, Talos is one of those spots to come. Mm. Is it an area where people can visit the, the grounds at times when the lighthouse is open? Yes, absolutely. There, as, as I mentioned, we're part of a state park, and so you can bring your camper in, uh, your tent. Uh, we have yurts, there are cabins, and you can sign up for that on the Michigan.gov DNR site. And they have a campground reservation system for the entire state, and you just tell them which park you want. And some of the parks you can actually see uh, your campsite before you book it. So. Um, that's great, and you go into that state park, you can go in for a day, you can go in for a week, uh, however you want to view that, but it's 
it's very beautiful. You walk out to the end of the weather permitting and, and uh, erosion permitting. You can walk out to the end of this uh, big sand spit and uh, be right there in the middle of of what to us in Michigan looks like the ocean. And right. I would say it is the ocean because you can't see the other side. And, you know, Canada is just on the other side of us there, so... Yeah, yeah. I was just out of Lake Michigan in November. Uh, I was at the Gross Point mm-hmm. Lighthouse in uh, Evanston, Illinois, and uh, sure. you know, you look out at any of the the Great Lakes, and it's it's pretty much it, it's like an ocean, except that the the, the smell is so different. You know, I'm so used to the mm, the smell right, of no salt, salt water, water, and that it's like there's something missing sure. here, and that's that's the I think yeah. the the big thing that's missing but otherwise they mm-hmm. are uh, basically inland yeah. inland oceans yeah inland seas yeah yeah absolutely but i was going to ask you besides the the tours at the lighthouse are there other uh, special events that are held there uh, during the season yes we we're going to be doing the grave uh side ceremonies in may then it'll be the birding season uh the next weekend in may uh the set will be May 2nd is the memorial services, and then uh, the 16th weekend is the uh, birding festival, and then uh, June, it, well, not, not much in June, but July, 4th of July, the city of Tawas puts on a, a fantastic uh, 4th of July parade, and our friends enter and have often won for the best float uh, in the 4th of July parade, and their campground is always full both Memorial Day, 4th of July, and Labor Day. So there's lots of folks going on. And then National Lighthouse Day is August 7th this year. It's a Friday. So we're expecting a lot of folks to come out for that. And then they do a Haunted Lighthouse in Ah. October. And then they do a Christmas at the Light uh, in November. So about every other month or so throughout the year. And we, the Michigan Department of Natural Resources also has an Explorer Guide uh, program with the state park. And so that person goes around and does programs related to the lighthouse, as does um, my state worker on staff. And so there's lots for kids to do um, right there at the lighthouse, too. So we do small things. We're also having a storyteller at National Lighthouse Day. Uh, The friends go out to the farmer's market and tell us. So um, it's it's quite a hopping place. Sure sounds like it. So how can people learn more about this and find out of the schedule and that type of thing? Uh, all of the site uh, events are listed on the Michigan History Center uh, webpage. I'm actually sitting at my computer here, and if uh, yes. let's see, if you go to michigan.gov slash... Yes, a- that's it. Yeah, slash MHC... Yeah, that's, that's the Michigan yep. History Center site, and yes. under museums, Museum. yeah, yep, the Towis Point, Point Lighthouse is one of the choices under museums. Yep, and, and then that gives you all of our events. Yeah. And I believe at the top of that bar is a calendar uh, button, and you just click on that, and that's where all of the events for all 12 sites are located. There's so, an uh, events, uh, events is one of the choices, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there also that takes mm-hmm. you to the master calendar. Okay. Is there also a Facebook page? Both the Friends of Tellus Point Lighthouse and State Park have a Facebook page. They have an Instagram account and they have 
uh, Twitter as well, and then so does the Michigan History Center. So right. either can go into the Friends page or into the Museum's page. Okay. Well, I'm sure people who are interested can find all of those without too much yes. trouble. Yep. I have another question for you for bonus points. Uh, sure. What is your favorite thing about the work you do at Tawas Point Lighthouse? I would say neck and neck are both the people and the view. It is a spectacular view at the top of the lighthouse and working with such enthusiastic people who are interested in preserving lighthouse history and getting to know Tawas and East Tawas' communities has been some of the most fun that I've had working as the historian for that site. Well, that pretty much sums it up beautifully. And with that, I want to thank you so much, Laurie Perkins of the, no, Michi- of the yep. Michigan History Center in Tawas Point Lighthouse. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I really want to visit that lighthouse so much and uh, hope to meet you <laughs> well, in person. Good. Next time you're in Michigan, give us a call and uh, we'll take you on a tour up the lighthouse. Thanks again to Lori Perkins of the Michigan History Center and Tawas Point Lighthouse. And many thanks, as always, to the staff, volunteers, members, and board of directors of the United States Lighthouse Society. If you enjoy this podcast, we suggest that you become a member of the USLHS or make a donation to support it. You can learn more about memberships and all the great things the Society has to offer on the website at uslhs.org and also on the social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. One of the neat things on the USLHS website is the Lighthouse Enthusiast community. You can get to it on the front page of the website at uslhs.org. There's a link for it in a box about halfway down the page on the right. The Lighthouse Enthusiast community gives you the ability to log your Lighthouse visits and compare them with other community members. With the Lighthouse Enthusiast community, you can reference lighthouses seen on Lighthouse Society tours and determine the exact location of lighthouses for future trips using different methods such as GPS waypoints and Google Maps. You can log your Lighthouse visits and you can also log your Lighthouse passport stamps. There's also photo sharing, so you can upload your favorite lighthouse photos and share them with others. Another resource on the USLHS website is the list of lighthouses that offer overnight accommodations. To find that, choose Fun in the menu at the top, then choose Lighthouse Accommodations. You'll find a list of lighthouses in the U.S. and Canada divided by state and province. And, of course, the U.S. Lighthouse Society offers domestic and international lighthouse tours, which you can find on the website by simply clicking Tours. The tour routes are developed to maximize not only lighthouse touring, but also to help gain a better understanding of the culture and communities in which the lighthouses are located. Upcoming domestic tours include South Carolina and Georgia, Lake Huron, and Maine, and a New Hampshire tour that also includes some of Massachusetts and Southern Maine coming up June 13th to the 19th. Jeremy, you'll be leading that tour, and I plan to take part in some of it. That's right. It includes some of my favorite places, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, cruises in Boston Harbor, Lake Winnipesaukee and Lake Sunapee, and a cruise along the coast of southern Maine, and a visit to the mansion known as Castle in the Clouds, among other things. I hope to meet some listeners to this podcast on the tour. Again, go to uslhs.org and click Tours to get all the details. 
There are also some amazing international tours coming up, including Ireland, Greece, including the Cyclades and Crete, Australia and Tasmania, and in April 2021, Japan. If you enjoy this podcast and if you listen through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review it. It's helpful for us to get more ratings and reviews. As always, thanks so much for listening and keep Keep a a good good light. Shine, let it shine.